Hello and welcome to the Wheel of Betting weekend preview in association with Gambler. Hello guys, hope you're well Thursday night. Marco O'Hare here from Wheel of Betting joined by the usual suspects Tom Love and Will Dyer as we look ahead to the weekend's football from home and abroad. Tom, how's things mate? Not so bad, sir, not so bad. Nice to kind of kind of just focus a, a bit off of the Premier League last week. It, it was nice to kind of dig deeper into the into the continental competitions. I'm finding the Premier League, even though the the title race is kind of the narrative this season, with it being quite tight. I'm finding it quite hard to watch, to be honest. It's Someone actually tweeted me um, earlier this week saying how teams just stand off in the Premier League and how there's not that intensity, there's not that, that kind of frantic football that we're used to in some other divisions. And from a watching and entertainment perspective, I think it's really toiling to watch this season. So, uh, nice to kind of put my mind elsewhere, kind of switch off from the Premier League a little bit, focus a bit more on France and um, Italy, Germany too. Um, I think the the myth that the Premier League in the in the world is kind of being quashed even more every week. So. Yeah, not so good for the Premier League and um, kind of a bit gutted that it's back this weekend, but what can we do? <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, over to Will. Um, Will, you got us recording quite late on Thursday because you're a busy man, so we're going to miss the Spurs-Liverpool match, but I'll forgive you because you gave us a winning nap last weekend. How's things? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, apparently we've missed a bit of early drama, but yeah, pretty good. It's always the highlight of the week, this, for me. Maybe it's not that easy, not that difficult to be a, a weak highlight at the moment, but no <laughs> no disrespect to the podcast, that's for sure. Um, yeah, had a, had a nap winner and a next best as well last week. Been a bit of a kind of the story of the of the season so far. I think I'm on a strike rate of about 60, 65% for both of those, whereas the uh, Euro game of the week has always been a little bit harder to try and pick apart and find a winner on. And we... We're absolutely on the wrong side of it with AC Milan last weekend. We were. We're going to talk about um, their op- opponents from last weekend, the winners from that match, Atalanta, shortly. But let's start things off in the Premier League as we normally do, which does return this weekend uh, in full uh, to the bane of Tom's life, although there has been a midweek coupon as well. But uh, yeah, the standout game this Saturday is Arsenal against Manchester United at the Emirates. Arsenal. Around about 15 to 8 to 2.88 outsiders at home to a United side that have drifted in price since their surprise defeat on Wednesday night against Sheffield United. 8 to 5, 2.6-ish is the general price there. Quite a tight betting heat. United, of course, um, surrendering that advantage at the top of the table. Uh, Arsenal enjoying a decent run of form themselves, uh, even if the schedule has been kind. So I'll throw it over to you, Tom. How do you see this one paying, paying out? It's a tough one. It's a tough one because I'm not particularly enamoured by either team, despite their kind of decent enough form. I think with Arsenal, um, I'd be really interested actually to see what price these two would have gone off at if this game was played kind of six weeks ago. Um, I presume Man United would be nearer to five to four, maybe even a touch shorter. 
but Arsenal's decent upturn in form, seeing them come into um, slight kind of going towards favourites almost, and United slipping up midweek um, again at Old Trafford, where they don't seem to enjoy things, is is a worry. Um, nevertheless, United have, have been brilliant away and. To be honest, I'm, I think that that swing in the prices, it, there's been a bit too much put into that. Um, maybe a bit of recency bias, bias there for me. I mean, I was impressed with Arsenal at, at Southampton. I thought they they deserved the win. I, I was tempted to get against them there after what happened um, the week before, but uh, in the FA Cup, sorry, against Southampton, um, where they lost, they came back and kind of learnt from the mistakes and I thought they played some nice stuff to be honest but I thought Southampton looked a bit tired and when you look a bit deeper into Southampton it's not the Southampton that we've known from last season in terms of numbers Um, they can get a bit tired when they're playing two games in a week I think that they would be a team that would really struggle um, if they win the Europa League as well but the fact that they're not has kind of helped them on. They've been able to play at that high intensity. And they just couldn't do it against Arsenal again uh, midweek. But it's important to not get drawn into that too much here. Um, I think that United's away form's the best in the league, is it not? I think um, they've got that win against Burnley, another win against Fulham. They've won, they've won and had both teams to score in pretty much all the games. I think the only game they haven't won was that draw at Liverpool, if I've got that right, in the league. So there's a lot to like about United on the road, and I actually think that they're a bit too big here now. Um, I'm happy to take them draw no better, around 4-5. to five. Um, I just think that Arsenal, it, without Aubameyang, he's probably not going to be fit again. The Cup's okay without him, to be fair. Um, but... <sighs> You just wonder where that goal threat's going to come from, from a reliable source. I, I don't look at any of them players in that squad and think they're, they're nailed on to score this week. So, Whereas United, you've got plenty of players. And they, I, I'll happily take United draw no bet here. So I do think the draw could be a bit of a runner. So getting your money back if, if it does end all squares quite a nice way in and it's a backable price after that drift on United um, I, I do kind of expect goals actually it's not really been something I've been looking at in Arsenal games but um, I just think United away from home have been so open um, so many bar teams to score so many over two and a half goals um, and we've got a referee here in Michael Oliver who's been quite good with the cards this season. Um, steady away for Premier League standards anyway. And this is obviously two kind of old fours going at it uh, against each other. So I'm going to also jump into the bet builder market. Um, both teams to score is a little bit too short to support. But chucking both teams over zero cards or both teams to get a card. And you get six to five. With Bet365, that looks quite nice. BTTS has landed in 80% of United away games. Arsenal have seen both teams score copying 50% of home games, which did surprise me a little bit, um, since there's been all this talk about their kind of upturn in defensive stats, etc. Um, but I'm looking at the likes of 
Rashford and Bruno and Cavani, I think they can ruffle a few feathers. I, I still don't rate that Arsenal defence uh, from a personnel perspective. So I think both defences can be caught out here. I think both teams have scores a fair price, but it, it's not really one I, I want to put up on its own. But chucking in the cards angle looks like a, a nice way in um, to just boost that up to a backable price, really. Um, so yeah, that they'd be my two main angles anyway. I'd, I'd take Man United on the draw no bet, or plus zero on the Asian handicap, whichever you can get a better price with. I think um, bet three six five were four to five plus zero. So have have a look about and see if you can get better than that. I I do think it'll it'll shift a little bit more in United's favour again. Uh, closer we get to the game. So they'd be my two kind of main players there. But one other bet that I'm just I can't really not have a, a go on at forty to one with Bet Victor under their method of goal market. Uh, both teams to score a penalty. I just think with Oliver, he's given thirteen pens in fourteen games this season. He's also given three and four Champions League games. He's given multiple penalties in five of fourteen, including that last match. Uh, Wolves versus West Brom, wasn't it? Obviously, that was two penalties for West Brom, um, which isn't ideal, but at least at least he's kind of pointing to the spot very often. Uh, the chances of scoring a penalty are probably about 75-80%, so getting 40-1 to one on that, two teams that have kind of tricky players in the final third, two defensive lines that are very prone to giving away penalties when I'm looking at the the kind of cumbersome nature of them, lots of David Luiz, Maguire, I think that they could um, kind of fall foul of a penalty. And I think at that price, 40 to 1, both teams to score a penalty, it's got to be worth a couple of quid. So that'll be kind of my outside shout in that. But I like United on the draw, no bet. And I like both teams to score and both teams to have a card at 6 to 5 with Bet365 as well. Lovely stuff. Over to you then, Will. What's your take on Arsenal against United? Yeah, I was just smiling to the last sort of 10 minutes of that because yeah, I <laughs> literally identical both two bets. Um, so Brilliant. I'm going to have to pick through my notes and find something that Tom hasn't said, basically. Um, Sorry, yeah, two like... of those. <laughs> Sorry? Which two? Which of the two which are um, the same? Yeah, Man, uh, Man United draw no bet, and um, the both teams to score a penalty, which is quite a surprising one. I guess we both looked at Oliver and thought that, and that price mm. is usually a bit shorter than that on on a on any old game, let alone a game with uh, the ref appointment. Obviously, the bet, bet victor haven't taken that into account. I guess um, the ref appointment yet on that. So, um, but with it being Arsenal and United involved as well, I did feel like that would be shorter just based on. United's ability to win pens but yeah I mean I'll still try and set the scene and come to a bit of a conclusion I've got one other bet as well that um, Tom didn't mention that is similar <laughs> so <laughs> I can reel that one out um, yeah you, you, you were saying Mark weren't you how winnable those ties were I looked at the XG on each individual game in their last six because um, they obviously they have improved results considerably since Boxing Day but yeah, they're still fairly mid-table on XG, as are United, to be fair. Um, the total total XG <clears throat> against um, in those last six fixtures is 5.8. Um, and they've conceded just two goals from that. This is Arsenal. So 
bit of an overperformance on that, whereas they've scored 14 goals from an XG4 of 12.3. So there were a couple games in there. Essentially, you, you would say winning 16 points from 18 is a, it's a great return, but not really. I don't think it'll continue at that rate. Um, the Croydon De Bruyne is potentially out here, Emil Smith-Rowe. <laughs> so people talking of uh, Martin Odegaard already only just signed his contract today, I think it was. Um maybe potentially being chucked in straight away. Um, he could be a bit of a... I mean, I think Erdegaard could could go very well in the Premier League, um, but it's obviously first game in, new new teammates. And Smith-Rowe has been a real key change in, in Arsenal's uh, fortunes, really, hasn't he? So, obviously, Aubameyang as well out with these personal reasons. Um so there's just a few things not necessarily to like so much about Arsenal and, and sort of what same with what Tom was saying. I think um, United, if they play their game well, they'll they'll do well in this fixture. Um, that's they have also done similarly well off numbers that maybe they shouldn't have done so well off. It caught up with them last night against the Blades, which I think of many of us probably yeah, staunch betting supporters of of Sheffield United weren't actually too surprised to see that result last night but um interestingly we we got a, a tweet uh, on thursday morning asking what price Sheffield united were pre-match at old trafford and we were how long ago was it till uh, such a price was was beaten in the premier league and the reality was Sheffield united were only 11 to 1 and uh, burnley were 11 to 1 winning at anfield just a week earlier so yeah it was a big surprise but it wasn't as big a surprise as potentially people probably thought um yeah 11 to 1 it, it is a big price but it's not the biggest shock. I think that was Blackburn many moons ago now, probably a decade at least ago, we were 33 to 1 at Old Trafford when United were a, a bit of a force. But it kind of goes to show that Sheffield United aren't that bad a team, even if the results suggest otherwise. Yeah, that just shows it, doesn't it? The market clearly still liked them throughout this. And Sheffield United were still playing as good a football as they have, really, maybe a little bit downturn, but not, not, not basically at the level they were last season, but nowhere near to be bottom not West bottom Brom level anyway no exactly so um yeah it wasn't really I mean I think basically trying to understand that is that it wasn't necessarily a, a terrible game for uh, from United either they won the XG narrowly um and finally Sheffield United got a bit of luck but I think really if I think the United do what they do better than Arsenal do what they do if that makes any sense so um, I think if you'd have played this game as well just before Christmas, before this good run of Arsenal's form, you'd probably see United be a bit shorter as well. If you take out Smith Rowe, who's been pivotal, um, and yeah, if United play their counter game well, then I think that that plus zero or Asian line or um, draw no bet around one point eight five or seventeen to twenty is is a is a good bet. Um, and yeah, obviously I've got the same thing written down from Michael Oliver. But if I skip past that, won't won't re- repeat ourselves. I I quite like Lacazette to score a penalty at, at ten to one with Bet Victor as well. Um, there is an element of risk that Pepe may well start, um, but I can't and I can't find a game where a pen has been awarded and both Aubameyang has been out and Pepe and Lacazette have been on the pitch at the same time. So it's a bit of an unknown. <laughs> you have I to... love the fact you've researched that. Oh, I've done this with so many fixtures in the past. Um, <laughs> you, you end up going back through transfer market to look at 
dates in, back in 2019 when Gerard Moreno was on this pitch at the same time as Santi Cazorla or something like that. But um, yeah, since since Arsenal to score a penalty is five to one, um, I think, and Pepe to score one is just 13 to two. It shows that Betvik to think that, that Lacazette is more likely to take, but I, I disagree. I think I think um, sorry that Pepe is more likely to take, but I, I disagree. I think Lacazette. Um, our chance at ten to one being the bigger price, um, so that is the main bet I'll put up, and I'll I'll copy Tom's uh, draw no bet um, as well because I want to also take advantage of that on the on the podcast P and L when it when it wins. <laughs> you can both have it. It's very it's, it's not too rare that you guys agree on certain certain um, angles of, of bets, but very rare that you have two very same selections. So. Great stuff. I'll be following you both on those two. Now I've got the double seal of approval. Um, but we'll move on because Tom has put out a poll on Wednesday again to see which game you guys wanted us to preview from outside of the Premier League back on the continent. And I'm happy to say Atlanta's encounter with Lazio from Syria on Sunday won the vote. Uh, games between these two tend to be really lively affairs, golds and cards. Always rife. If you saw the Coppa Italia game in midweek, uh, you would... Uh, no, that is very much true. Um, so hoping something similar plays out in Bergamo this weekend. Atalanta, the form team in Italy right now. Uh, they haven't seen money this midweek. And I don't think they'll be bigger than 4-5. to five. That's 1.8 to come kickoff. Lazio, 7-2. to two. That's 4.5 in decimals uh, to try and bring the points back to Rome. Uh, Will, back to you then. Will this be the fun game we hope it will to be to follow? And uh, if not, or if it is, what's your view and what's the best bet? I think it will be a fun game, yeah. Um but whether or not Atalanta are a value at four to five, or whether there's any value in goals either, I'm not as not as sure. Um, spent spent last midweek mainly. I don't think I even mentioned Gasparini's name, so clearly didn't give him enough credit. I was talking more about Milan, and it was a bit of a demolition, wasn't it? Um, Milan had their chances, and they were sived apart by by Atalanta at times, and. As for uh, Lazio, um, obviously these two played in Coppa Italia, like you just said, and they look a bit tired this season to me. That was quite a mixed team from them in midweek, to be fair. So I wouldn't go off of it, um, off of that completely. But last season's sort of early form from Lazio was ferocious and they, they had a tailed away considerably at the end. And I think perhaps the spine of that side has hit the highest heights it, it might ever have hit. Um only Juve can top Lazio's average age um, is 28.3 years. And Atalanta are the sixth lowest at 26.2. Milan actually even lower at 24.8. But yeah, uh, so quite an aging team. The spine of that team, the key guys, um, maybe they're not going to get back to that that level. I think we clearly we live in an age of ever shifting sort of teams as well, where lineups are rarely consistent for more than a more than a few weeks, let alone two or three seasons. But yeah, Lazio just don't really look to have improved when when others around them have. Um, and uh, yeah, January has been a brilliant start actually though for them, for the Bianca Celesti. Four wins in the Serie A, including a um, 3-0 victory over Roma. So clearly, obviously, they're, they're the main rivals. Um, so that game in midweek was probably the only really blot on on a on a good year so far for them um maybe they just weren't targeting a Coppa Italia um success without starting Immobile I guess that shows that they they weren't really that 
bothered by it. Um, and yeah, it was two two by half time, wasn't it? So two guards each as well. So a nice nice winner on the on the gold service for you guys. And um, yeah, um, I kind of noted down that I did try did my homework on how to say uh, Jim Shitty from the commentary in that midweek <laughs> game. Very very yeah, difficult. Very good. Yeah, very difficult one to spell, but um, he was involved a lot. As well, it was a quite a few strange performances or like sort of solo cameos. A Cherby, I'm not sure if I said his name correctly, but he scored a bit of an individual goal, didn't he? That would worry Atalanta, <laughs> given that they have a pretty strong defensive midfield out in that match, and he kind of just <laughs> ran right through them. So. Um, and then, yeah, Palomino was sent was really unlucky to be sent off. I don't even really think he touched Lazari at all, to be honest. So even though all that um, happened, it didn't stop Atalanta taking the lead and seeing that game out pretty comfortably with 10 men. So uh, one thing I did flag up before that game for myself uh, was both teams were scoring both halves was 10 to 1. So I was cursing on Lazio, um, not doing anything in the final 35 minutes. Yeah, um, even though they were playing against 10. Um, didn't really test Galini that much, um, despite bringing on Immobile as well for Wesley Hurt, who conceded that um, penalty as well, um, which Dubance Pattern missed. So, yeah, one play also just quite. I might be looking at this uh, for this weekend. Will be Myler um, started at left uh, right wing back actually for um, for Atalanta. Um, and he was 12 to 1 to score last night. And at the same price is available again at Paddy Power. I will wait on lineups because their rules mean that if he plays any part, the bet is valid. So if he doesn't start, I won't be backing it. But just the fact that like Robin Gerson scores so many from from the similar position on the other wing. Um, and he was pr- best priced 10 to 3. I think that price on Myler to score... At 12 to 1 is based more upon his previous goal scoring record. It's not really that relevant when he's playing in such a, a great team on the uh, going forward like Atalanta. So if he starts, that'll be a play, but I won't put that main one up really. Um, yeah, XG wise, um, Atalanta ranks second. Um, so yeah, clearly this good form is a, re- a fl- reflection of that at the moment, whereas Lazio are down in eighth. Um, I would say it's unlikely to be a runaway like it was um, last weekend for, for Atalanta um, when actually, strangely, because clearly Milan as well are actually higher ranked than Lazio on, on all sort of metrics. But um, yeah, midweek as well was um, the fo- Sorry, this uh, this uh, tie yeah, will be the, that tie in midweek was at the fourth consecutive meeting for these sides um, that had four, five or more goals. Sorry. Um, so a bit of a recent head-to-head trend. But looking at the overs in terms of goals, I kind of broke it down by game by game this season in Serie A. And I think you'd really, ideally, you'd never get it because bookie margins and things priced in. But you'd really be wanting closer to 2-1 to one on over 3.5 goals. If you look at, if you, if you did it on that basis only, combined it's 13 games for the two of them out of the 38 they've played between them that have gone over 3.5. Um, and we're only getting five to four on on over 3.5 goals. So not really any value if you look at it that sort of crudely for me. Um, the ref as well, unfortunately, doesn't really excite me. It's chiffy. Um, 
there's a couple players maybe in Atalanta's side that, that can get a card like Hatterbor and Christian Romero. But um, yeah, and there were nine cards in the reverse fixture as well, actually, earlier in the season. But that was ref by Maresca. Um, and Maresca gives a gives a card for every four fouls, whereas Chiffy gives a card that won't only a card every seven fouls. So he's really not one to unfortunately get behind at the moment, this season at least anyway. So no, unfortunately, no play, no real value in goals. Or no, for me, not really. I think the price on four to five on Atalanta isn't that exciting, although maybe maybe we'll win and not really any cards plays. But one thing that stood out for me is Chiro Mobley um, having an, obviously another fine scoring record. Since the beginning of 2020, he scored in 24 of 37 Serie A starts. Um, and he's six to four to six to four uh, at Skybet to score any time. Obviously, Atalanta is a is a decent opposition, but he's played seven games since uh, against them since Gasparini took charge in June 2016, and he's scored in three of them. scored one, scored a brace in one of them as well, so he still knows how to find the net. And back at Stadio Olimpico uh, when they met earlier this season, he had four shots. Um, against Atalanta, which he didn't find the target, which is a bit of a rarity, I would say, but um, hit the woodwork. Um, only Papu Gomez had one, had more shots, um, more than one shot for Atalanta. So he was the top shooter in that game, along with Caicedo. Um, I think, again, he, a fair few chances will fall his way, even, even if Atalanta do dominate the game. So 6-4 to four to score any time is, is value, really, for me, based upon that scoring record. And it's a bit bigger at Sky better than it is elsewhere. So that'll be my main my main bet. Yeah, it does sound like a big price for a, a goal scorer who always tends to get his name on the score sheet. Uh, over to you there, Tom, for Atalanta against Lazio. I, I imagine you're looking licking your lips coming into this game. Yeah, I can't wait to watch this. This is one that really does whet the appetite. But uh, <laughs> I've kind of settled on um, Immobile to score as well as being the biggest value better. No, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, six to four. Sky and Bet Victor also go six to four. Um it's around eleven to ten in some places. But yeah, Will summed it up perfectly. He's scoring at a rate that's phenomenal for years now for Lazio. And I just think back to that Lazio Roma game. Um that occurred at the Olympico just the other week and how good were Lazio on the break and in transitions in that game they were just so good and Immobile always manages to keep up with the pace of the the counter-attack and more often than not he can be left with kind of one-on-one opportunities and there's no better finisher in that league in my opinion when it comes to stuff like that um I'm surprised you can get him at six to four, and I understand that Atalanta have been pretty solid at the back this season. When you're looking at the data, they're kind of averaging around about one goal against each game, which is decent. Um, something we didn't used to uh, associate uh, Ladea with, but I think that you've got to give credit to Gasparini. He's kind of tried to keep the the, the morals of the side being uh, attack-focused, uh, being kind of shoot on sight, get forward, get the bodies forward. Um, 
but they've also been decent at the back and I think it kind of works hand in hand. I think I might have talked about it before where they because they play so high up the pitch, they don't really get troubled unless it is on the break. And what if if a team is kind of trained by a coach for a couple of years, like Gasparini's been in charge of Atalanta now for a while, they know what to do in them situations. Whereas if it is a new coach that comes in it can be all sorts of confusion uh, when the opposition are kind of in transition and they can kind of tear them apart on the break. Um, they've improved that. It, it's just a measure of how good Gasparini is as a manager that still doesn't get the credit he deserves. And um, I, I was looking at Atalanta in this game and their price. It's probably about fair. I think the money's come for them in the last kind of 24, 48 hours. Uh, which is a bit of a shame. I think they were around 10 to 11. They're a bit shorter than that now. Looking at more like 4 to 5. and uh, It's probably okay with Ilicic back in the frame now. No Papu Gomez, but they've been okay with that. Um, he's gone to Sevilla, but he hasn't been involved really since he fell out with Gasparini over, over a month ago now. I think this was the start of December, maybe even before that. But they, they've actually improved their form since he's left, strangely. Um, they've kind of gone back to what they've been good at and they're really motoring. So I, I, I can understand why the money's come for them. Is there any value left in them? I don't think so. I mean, I'm in the same boat as Will there. I do think there'll be goals, though. And I fully understand that Chiefy is, is nothing to kind of write, write home about when it comes to... Um, referee stats, especially in Italy, but there's one bet that I'm going to do a bit of a will bet here. Put it up at a phantom price. It'll be around even money. This um, Skybet always prices up. It's one we've had a, a bit of joy on. Um, it's over 1.5 goals in the match. Each team to have three or more corners and f- 30 plus match booking points, so three or more cards. Um, it's usually around even money. I think if you're getting anything from four to five above on that, um, I'm going to be taking that as well. Landed um, midweek between these two. I think it landed in the reverse too. Uh, yeah, just goals, action. It's just all action, these games. And I can understand why, given how good Lazio are in transition. Atalanta allow that, but they're also so good going forward too. And Ilicic is a massive plus that he's back. Um, they've got decent strength in depth now too, so I, I'm expecting goals here. I think if you can combine the, the likes of goals and cards into one bet here, that's probably the way that you're going to get a bit of value out of this one because it is quite tight in all of these markets, and I think the prices in the in the one by two and the goals is pretty much bang on. Um, but yes, I do think Chiro Mobile six to four is too big. Um, just given his outstanding record, he's been scoring for fun of late as well. I mean, he's a he's a man in decent form. Um, I'm just looking now, he scored. He scores in streaks as well. Whenever I'm looking at him, um, scored one, two, three, four, five, six, six of his last seven, and then he had a record before that. He scored in the last seven or eight games so he's a man who seems to score every week he don't often get kind of hat tricks but he's always on the score sheet so 
I'd have expected him to be close to even money. So six to four, I'm going to snaffle that up. Um, but yeah, I expect goals, corners and cards. I think it should be a really watchable affair. Yeah, I agree. I'll certainly be watching that on Sunday afternoon. I think it's the 2pm kickoff from Italy. Right, uh, business time. Going to get the guys' naps, the next best and the long shots. Starting with the latter and with Will for his long shot, a bet at 7-2 or larger this weekend. Yeah, I, I hinted a little teaser at it with talking about Gerard Moreno a minute ago. Um, spent Might have been a busy day, but I managed to spend about an hour or so just trawling through potential penalty takers for the top teams uh, in Europe where we actually have prices on a method of goal markets with PokerStars and with BetVictor. Um, trying to find an angle where we might have a player who wouldn't normally take a penalty um, or, or and combined with um, a favourable referee appointment. And one of those is in the Villarreal Sociedad game, which actually, Mark, you and I had a little WhatsApp conversation about this back in November and Mm. Um, both teams scored a penalty inside sort of half an hour and neither of us got around to backing it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not supposed so, to tell people that, Will. <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, the, the yellow submarine topped the uh, penalty charts the last um, last season, winning 11 pens. And this season, they're topping them again. They've won seven. Um, Santi Cazorla was obviously taking them in 2019-20, but he's now finishing out his his playing days in Qatar. So uh, the responsibility from the spot would normally move on to Gerard Moreno, and it has been him, but he is one of seven Villarreal players out with muscle injuries. Um, and the backup taker should be Paco Alcacer. Uh, he took one when Moy Gomez was on the pitch against Valencia in October, and he also took Villarreal's last penalty against Granada, albeit missing. Just mention Moy Gomez because Gomez did take another pen in that game against Granada um, but Paco had already been subbed off so I'm still confident that when both are on the pitch like they should be this weekend uh, it will be Paco um, he's 15 to 2 to score any time uh, sorry to score a penalty um, with Bet Victor um, uh, when Villarreal are just 11 to 2 and when you consider um, the referee is Isidro Diaz de Mera um, He's given a pen in five of ten career La Liga matches. He's quite new to refereeing, only started this season or the end of last season. Um, so I, I look at his lifetime average still. In uh, in the Segunda, um, he, he's averaged 0.36 penalties per game. Um, things do sometimes change when they step up to the top flight. Um, you see that quite a bit in Syria where they dip their toes in the top flight and sort of those averages kind of change over time. But he's been around a long time at that level. So that 0.36 pens per game is still sort of statistically significant, if, if you want. And uh, that would make, if he keeps at that level, he'd be the third highest um, sort of ratio pens per game in La Liga of the current 22 active refs there. So it's a good ref, ref appointment. And there's um, the usual taker is out. So um just looking at Sasha Dad as well, they were top of the league in November and since they've only won two games in 16 in all competitions, um, picked up just eight points from a possible 30 in La Liga. So um, not so good for the San Sebastians at the moment. And um, in that in that previous fixture, that was also um, in November 
where Yathabal and, and Moreno both scored a penalty, it was also a penalty-happy referee in Jesus Gil Manzano. So I think we've got another good appointment for it, and I like Alcacer to score a penalty at 15-2 to at Betvictor. Good case, well made. That referee certainly is one of the, the maniacs going around the uh, the European stage, uh, stepping up from Segunda. Look at his car statistics, they are off the scale. Um, over to you then, Tom, for your long shot of the weekend. Yeah, I'm going back into the Eredivisie this weekend. I'm, I'm going to back another goal scorer. Um, it's a player that I put up in the in the WLB um, goal telegram group a couple of weeks ago now. Um, you notified me, Mark, that he scored uh, four goals midweek against um, Vitesse. Yeah, and half hat trick as well. Yeah, and. It's just a shame he didn't do that when I put him up against Herden Vane. But <laughs> I'm just looking. I'm, I've got to go back in on him. He's seven to one to score two or more goals. What's his name, Tom? It's Georgios Giacomakis, a Greek oh, striker. Man. Yeah, he's um, he's well. Whenever you think of Greek footballers, you don't, can't really associate any of them with uh, being a goal-scoring striker, but. This guy books the trend. He's been excellent this season. For a really fun side to watch in VVV Venlo, they've been so attack-minded. They, they couldn't give a toss about the defence. Make no bones about it. They're, they're not bothered. Um, looking at their data as well, they're shipping around 2.3 expected goals per game, which is ridiculous, really. I don't think any any team in the... In Europe are probably shipping more, but they are very decent going forward, um, and they do give it a go. And this this guy's been unbelievable for them. Um, he's actually scored 20 goals in 19 games in the league this season, so it's one every game, even better than that. As you said, he scored four against Vitesse. He scored four a couple of weeks ago against Ado Den Haag. Um, scored two the game before that against Willem Tway. So I'm more than happy to get involved with him to score two or more against the Fortuna Sittard side that have shipped quite a lot of goals this season. They're very poor defensively too, shipping around 1.9 xG per game. And I've watched Sittard a couple of times this season and they're, they're far from watertight at the back. I was really surprised actually to see VVV at around 5-2 to two to win this one. Um, I thought that that was very big. I think that they might come in a bit. I, I guess the defensive data is going against them a bit. Um, I do expect plenty of goals in this game. I'd, I'd, I'd actually expect four or five at least. Um, so with a high kind of goal line that's been set, getting Jakumakis at around 7-1. to one. He's around 9-2 to two in some places. In most places, actually, to score two or more, but I think it's eight, uh, bet three six five and V bets go seven to one. I'll, I'll have another proper dig round see if we can get any better than that. But um, that's what I can see from Oddsjur at the minute. So it's something that's occurred in three of his last five games, um, which is a, a decent record. And yeah, when he tends to score, he, he can really hammer them in. He also got a hat trick at Emmen away. Um, so he's shown he can do it away from home twice this season at Den Haag and Emmen. 
And yeah, I'm expecting plenty of goals in that game. So Georgios Jakumakis for VVV Venlo to score two or more goals, uh, seven to one with Bet365. That's against Fortuna Sittard. Great pronunciation, as always, Thomas. Well played. Um, we'll stay with you for your next best. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to um, kind of play a, a bit bit closer to home here. I'm going to I'm going to stick in in England, and it looks quite an obvious shout when you're looking at the farm table. It's Oxford to beat Fleetwood, nineteen to twenty. With Bet three six five, I'm going to take it with Bet three six five just because they give you this um, early payout option. So if your team goes two or more goals uh, to the good, they can still lose the game, and but it's being paid out as a winner. And I think the best price elsewhere is around even money, so you're not getting too much of a difference there. I'm sure it's ten to eleven in some places, and I do think the money will come for them. Um, kind of in the next couple of days before that game does kick off. Oxford are the form side in the league. Last six games, uh, six wins, 20 goals scored, six conceded. They're on fire at the minute and it's about time as well because they've got a really good squad there. Kyle Robinson's a manager who knows this league really well now and um, he's kind of got got his ethos over to these players and they're a team that I've I've enjoyed to watch quite a bit. I thought they were good against Bristol Rovers last time out. Um, 2-0 winners there. Matty Taylor in great form up front. And Fleetwood have been a bit of a shambles, to be honest, of where. Sat Joey Barton, which seemed a really odd thing to do. Um, I'm not, I've got a feeling that that's something going on behind the scenes there, maybe with the chairman. The Ched Evans situation, um, where they binned him off and kind of was quite blunt in, in kind of getting rid of him. And they've actually gone eight games without a win now. And they've only won two of their last 13 in all competition. And they have drawn quite a few. Um, the only thing that's kind of slightly putting me off. But going forward, they've been a, a bit of a shambles of where one goal in the last four league games. Just not firing. Uh, Paul Coots left for Salford as well, which kind of chimes back to the fact that I think that something's going a bit a bit awry at um, Fleetwood at the minute. I'm not sure what it would be, but he's one of the better players, in my opinion, um, player that did really well in the Championship just a couple of seasons ago with Sheffield United, binned off and back to um, another money-backs club in Salford. But yeah, they're, they're a team that I just want to get against, to be honest. Um and Oxford are a team that are flying. So it's a, it's a bet that I think will shorten. Um, the more people are looking at the weekend coupon, they're seeing who, who are the teams in form. Oxford are going to be kind of the ones that, that hit them on the waist. I appreciate that Fleetwood was strong last season um, and they've gen- generally been pretty solid um, on the data and stuff like that. And they, they still are. Um, there's very, very little to split these two in terms of expected points. Uh, Oxford on 30.96, Fleetwood on 30.99. So pretty, not even a cigarette paper between them in, in that kind of metric. But um, if you're looking at XG uh, ratio, Oxford fare better 
than Fleetwood. Fleetwood are kind of 50%. Oxford are, are kind of 55%. So I think that given Oxford had a poor start to the season, started to motor now. They've got some good players at that team, especially midfield. And when Taylor's fit and firing, I expect them to win. They're at home here as well. Um, I expect them to go off around 5-6. to six. So if you can get 19-20 to 20 with... Um, Bet three six five, get that early payout if they do go two goals up, which they've been doing quite a bit of. Um, I'd much rather take that for a bit more insurance. So my next best is Oxford to beat Fleetwood at uh, nineteen to twenty. Up the yellows, we mm. all like that one. Um, <laughs> straight over to Bull then for your next best. Yeah, uh, I'm going to stick in Spain um, with Hatafe v Alaves. Um, I was just quite intrigued. At- I mean, I've been, I think I pointed out before earlier this season as well, maybe on Twitter, with the, the prices on over 2.5 goals in, in La Liga um, have been very high. And that mainly is because um, of how low scoring La Liga has been. It's, it's averaging just 2.44 goals per game this season, which is way behind Bundesliga and Serie A. They're both at 3.1. And then the Premier League and Ligue 1 are quite similar, uh, 2.73 and 2.75. So we're sort of, you know, a third of a goal a game, even lower than any of the other top flight leagues. Um, there's just quite a few teams in La Liga who are very cagey. Um, Hitafe usually associated with being one of those, um, but it all blew out of the water last weekend, uh, sorry, earlier this m- midweek um, against Bilbao. They conceded five. Um, although the XG did only have Bilbao on 1.88, um, the prices though were, were massive. Uh, it was over 2.5 was um, nine to four, and that was the fifth highest price we've had on an overs um, in La Liga this season. Over 3.5 was 6 to 1. Over 4.5 was 18 to 1. I didn't even, I backed all those, luckily. I just felt like this. These those prices had gone too far. I didn't even look at over 5.5 goals. I, I'm assuming it's probably about 100 to 1. I'm glad that I didn't consider that. But um, these are just two clubs which uh, sort of look like they might start to buck the trend a bit more in terms of compared to their earlier season or previous kind of, you know, re- received kind of knowledge of of what we expect from them and Alaves game against Real Madrid as well in midweek I was surprised that over 2.5 was 4 to 5 and before half time Real Madrid were 3-0 up so you get can get some handsomely priced um goals picks and um I, if I kind of try and analyze Hitafe defense is largely unchanged um only person really Alan Neom is sort of a utility man. He's chucked in at left-back at the moment with Miramontes Oliveira out. Um, but he played sort of that position and plenty others last season. And the rest of the defensive four of Suarez, Dakanam and Ekcheta, um, they've kind of already been doing playing those roles for a long time. And it worked wonders last season with them finishing eighth. But the writing was actually sort of on the wall for Hetafe with a bit of a decline at the end of 2019-20. They went winless in the last six games and scored just one goal across those. Um, and yeah, um, Jose Bordelas has been there over four years now. Um, so after Simeone, he's the longest standing, like mainstay manager at least. Anyway, Ivar and Cadiz both have uh, managers who've been there slightly longer, but they've not been in La Liga the whole time. And 
I'm not suggesting that they need a change, but something is afoot at least in their in their, in their kind of style. Um, the change has already come. Alaves as their head coach has um, replaced pre recently, and Ab- Abelardo um, he's been back for 16 days. He was with uh, Deportivo back in between 2017 and 2019, guided them to an 11th place finish at the end of that last season. Um, with a really good win rate of 41% over those two seasons as well. Um, but you could say that Alaves were a bit quick to pull the trigger on Pablo Machin. Um, they, they, they're they quite underperforming on the XG. Um, Getafe should be... Uh, where, where did the XG have them? Yeah, Getafe, only ninth best on expected goals against. Um, and Alaves actually, according to the data, should be 11th. And they're currently currently 18th. So on the on the XG numbers, this is a bit of a topsy turvy game, really, where you'd the num the, the data underlying data would have Alaves higher higher up the league than Hitafe, but that's not the case. Um, and yeah, I just kind of have, hasn't really worked out going forward for Hitafe yet this season either, where um, the XG puts them. Lower, like I said, and even with Carles Semenya and a few newcomers to this team earlier this season, they haven't really had the impact yet. I'm thinking we're seeing signs of that slightly. He had a delightful little chipped cross to Cucurella in the first minute against Athletic. Um, Carlos Semenya gave that assist there, and Jaime Mata also missed a pen. So it's not like they're not totally not creating, but things are kind of a bit bit weird there at the moment. Um, both meetings between these clubs were nil-nil last season. Um, I think that we're going to get a completely different game here. Um, there's only had seven clean sheets in 19 games uh, so far this season for Hitafe and Alaves are sort of closer to panic stations, as we sort of mentioned. So could be sort of a slightly different approach from both clubs. Um, Alaves have only picked up four points from the last nine games. Um I looked at their, their, it's the last six games in the league, Alaves, both teams have scored, has won. Um, interestingly, all eight Alaves games that have gone over 2.5 goals this season have actually seen both sides score. Um, so rather than the sort of, um, and there's actually been three one ones on top of that. So in terms of Alaves's, um results, you're better off looking at both teams to score than you are at um, over 2.5 goals. And both teams to score is seven to five with Sport Nation. I'm always intrigued by it when it's sort of over evens. And I know I mentioned that we're we're dealing with a league that's low scoring at the moment, um, but we're off the back of a of, of an interesting result for Hitafe with that five one defeat. Um, I, I'm not really looked back over the last few seasons, but it must be one of the highest, um, sorry, their biggest defeats in a long time. Um, and they need to they need to push on for sure, and so do Alaves. So, both teams to score at seven to five for me. Okay, so now it's nap time, and uh, the best heart of the show every week. We'll go back to Tom for his best bet of the weekend. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting that Will brought up that uh, Atafe game. I remember having a conversation with you, Mark, about the goal line in that being set. Um, 1.75 and you could get three to four 1.75 as a price on over 1.5 goals before the game had even kicked off 
which is something that I've rarely seen. Um, kind of really rue not going in on that myself as well, just because as soon as a, a line drops to 1.75 on the Asian goal line, it, it's something that you've got to really look at seriously. And um, yeah, the, the likes of both teams to score were a massive price overs at a, above two to one as well, uh, over two and a half. So yeah, I like that angling from Will. Um, I'm going to go into Italy. Um, Quite pretty simple here. I'm going to go into the Sampdoria versus Juventus game. Uh, both teams to have over one card. It's five to six with Bet365. Actually, it might look a little bit of a short price, but I do think that that's got plenty of credence here, um, given everything that I've looked at when I've digged into this game. Sampdoria has seen two or more cards received in 16 of 19 games including 8 of 9 at the Marassi at the home stadium. Both sides have been carding in 9 of 9 home games for Sampdoria 2. Juventus have seen two or more cards in 74% of games, including 78% away from home. Juve have had two or more cards in 12 of the last 13 as well. It was more so at the start of the season where Juve weren't picking up cards. Looking to the recent record, um, they've been picking up a lot home and away. And their opponents have been carded twice or more in 14 of 19 this season. So um, that kind of sets the basis for everything. And I think that even just on them stats alone, I'd probably have this around four to five. Um, but if you look at the ref, it's Michael Fabri, who's been really good this season, um, averaging around 5.6, 5.7 cards per game. Um, he's been given five or more cards in a hell of a lot of his games as well. Only one of his um, Serie A games, he gave less than five cards, which I, weirdly was a Spezia game away at Inter, um, which seemed five, six, three, six, seven, five. And then in the other competitions, six, four, six, seven. So he's been doing it on a regular occurrence, kind of giving cards for both sides. Um, if you just look into the games and how they split up uh, with the cards as well, you'll see that he's given two or more cards to both sides in a in a high percentage of them games, and his kind of lifetime average is pretty strong as well. So when I was kind of looking deeply into the Syria refs uh, when it was announced this morning, I think that the kind of usual um, suspects like Savosato. Um, and, and Maresca, the one that Will mentioned earlier, I don't think they're involved at all. So the the best ref on the coupon uh, is Fabri. And looking at the two teams' card stats this season, um, I'd probably have this more like three to four, and you get him five to six. Um, I just think it's a really solid play. That's Saturday at five pm, so that'll be my nap. Both teams over one card. Lovely stuff. Over to you then, Will, for your favourite fantasy of the weekend. Yeah, I'm going to take on um, Man City um, with Sheffield United after we've um, kind of lauded over them for the last few weeks or, or early, earlier this podcast, at least. Um, yeah, uh, where do I start with this game? Blade, Blades are, have missed a couple of players recently. Couldn't name a full bench at Old Trafford. But yeah, they'll be massively buoyed by by that result, I guess. Um can just continue to ping the ball around as if they were comfortably mid-table. Um, both highlights for both goals demonstrated that. And 
you just got to admire that really. And up front as well, they um, for this match they have they have all their options available, even if they're maybe without Sander Berger and. Um, going forward, they they got Billy Sharp, Ryan Bruce, Rian Brewster, Lise Mousset, and then McGoldrick's all, all but basically a shoe in lately to start. Um, and expect sort of a five man wing back defence really with them with Bulldog and Bogle going forward and Norwood as the pivot for them to protect when they do. One big big problem for Sheffield United this season really, I guess, has been. We talked about the data. I'll go into it a little bit deeper, really. But Ramsdale has been pretty poor in, in goal. Um, maybe is a big reason for their underperformance. Uh, expected goals against has them conceding just 27, but they've conceded 33. And Ramsdale has the third, fourth worst uh, save percentage of 67% in the league. So um, hopefully he can improve on that because he might need to against City, I guess. But um, And yeah, going forward as well, um, XG overall would have Sheffield United 15th for ratio would they be on 19 points at, um, if they had hit the kind of standards we'd expected they've only scored 12 goals from an expected 19 so they finally got a bit of that luck against United and um, have only lost twice uh, this season by more than two goals um, and City have only beaten a uh, team by more than two goals four times as well interestingly they city we i think they've just been quite um sort of just decisively kind of just winning games one or two nil which is not really what we've expected from them in previous seasons where they they more than happy to keep the pedal to the metal and just batter teams five six they've done it on occasions they did it against west brom but like we said completely different uh, prospect West Brom than Sheffield United for in, in our opinion so um, I like Sheffield United plus two Asian handicap at odds against it's five to four with Bet Victor they were odds against for plus one and a half goals against Man United um, which breezed home um, clearly Man United a fair bit worse than Man City but um, I think that they can keep it tight um, they they may be underperforming, but they, even when they have underperformed, um, they haven't been really on the end of any hammerings this season. I think the two times they have lost by more than uh, two goals, it's been by a three-goal margin um, in a game which they've been completely unfairly beaten easily in. I think it was Southampton and uh, I can't remember, the, it was Chelsea the other game. So, yeah. I like them. Plus two Asian handicap um, at five to four with Bet Victor. One other quick nod for this. Um, I was looking at the, the ref. Uh, it's David Coote. Um, he's given a pen in six of 12 matches uh, this season. And uh, with De Bruyne out, um, Gundogan has been in absolutely scintillating form. He's only, only who's, uh, who scored .com's ratings only have Cancelo. Um, as high rated than him, I think he could take a pen for City. But then again, I looked actually, and, and Sterling has been also taking them. And interestingly, Sterling has become the first Premier League player of um, in history to win 20 penalties. Um, he managed that back in December. So hopefully, um, the Blades they've actually only conceded one penalty this season. So that kind of helps my nap really. <laughs> but I was kind of thinking that the price on Gundogan to score a penalty might be value, but actually given that Sterling has kind of taken them as well, it might, it's not, maybe not so much of a, um, 
of a play, but I thought it was worth noting anyway. Okay, so the Blades to keep it reasonably tight against Manchester City this weekend. Uh, I think that's everything covered, uh, at least from the top menu. So now is the time I'll ask you both if there's any bets or anything else you want to mention, which you haven't had an opportunity to do. So as yet, so the floor is yours. Um, I'll go with you again, Will, first, if you've got anything. Yeah, I had one match that I liked, the look of um, Bremen v Schalke. Uh, there's no ref appointment yet. Um which is the main reason why I didn't go for this for my nap. Um, and also, Mark, you kind of illustrated it nicely on Twitter with the um, the cards in the European leagues and France being the only league which is um, bucking a trend on on an increase in goals in cards this season, um, whereas Germany has actually been a downturn. But I like this game because there were nine cards, including the red, when they met in September. And Ozan Kabak was sent off for spitting on Augustinson. Um, he was then uh, found guilty of unsporting behaviour and um, fined 15,000 euros and banned for four further matches. But the red card wasn't even anything to do with that. He actually picked up two separate yellow cards in the game as well. Um, and yeah, Ref Schmidt didn't see the incident Um uh, the spitting incidents and there's just been no love lost in recent meetings between these these uh, sides has been yeah well 10 cards at last game eight the game before four before five before it's basically hit the over 4.5 cards line in in seven of the last 10 meetings there's a couple players that are regular carded players in this maximilian eggestein and kabak um and um, Schalke and Bremen rank third and fifth for cards per game this season. And Bremen's opposition also rank third in the league for the most cards against them. Um, everything's pointing towards a cardy game. I think that Kabak will start and there might be that little nice angle or kind of uh, flavour to it with him being on the pitch and clearly no one liking him. So <laughs> over 4.5 cards is even money at Betway. And uh, that'll be my one any other business play. The other thing to, to note is in Palace v Wolves, uh, it's Traore and Zaha. So I, I'll look at some player cards bets, but maybe even Tom might, who knows, cover that in his AOB. Anything, Tom? Yeah, uh, I didn't really look into that game, but I, I did go into France. There's a couple of teams I, I like. Um, I think Mets with a quarter goal start away at Brest are certainly a good price. Um, Mets have really impressed me this season. I, I like I like the structure of their side. I've, I've watched quite a bit of Ligue 1 in the last kind of um, last month or so, and they've been a side that have looked really solid. Um, they're unbeaten in five of the last six as well getting results at decent places too and one side that have really disappointed me of late is Brest who were really a really interesting side kind of at the start of the season I thought that they they were a side that um, could really kind of punch their weight in this division but they're, they're not in good form at all they've lost five of the last six they were terrible at I think they were at Rem at the weekend, um, usually associate Brest being decent going forward. Um, they weren't at all in that game. They, they created next to nothing against a pretty poor Ram side. And I think that Mets, if you can get profit with them uh, winning or drawing, it's got to be worth a play. It's around 1.93 last time I checked on Bet365. Um, definitely one of interest for this weekend. 
and and also two two teams that I kind of went for and against um, in the last couple of pods. Monaco away at Nantes, uh, around seventeen to twenty. I think that that's absolutely backable. Um, Monaco, I think they're at the top of the form table. Uh, one five drawn one of the last six. Nantes yet to win under uh, the clown Dominic. They do draw quite. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair and. Yeah, against the poor teams that I'd want the drawn side, Monaco aren't a poor team. I know Gelson Martins is out, um, but they've just signed Crepin Dieta from Club Brugge, and he's an excellent player. I've been waiting for him to make a move to one of these um, kind of top teams in Europe, and I'm really sure that he'll be the next kind of cab off the rank for Monaco. He'll end up at a Liverpool um, or a, a really top team in Europe is a player that I really like and um, Monaco seem to do well at, at kind of developing these players so he, he's a more than able replacement on the wing uh, but they've got plenty of options going forward, plenty of decent central midfielders, Chouamini is staying put as well I've heard uh, Voland in terrific form Ben Yedda too uh, and yeah all across the park they've been strong and Nantes have just been awful and uh, it's interesting that Will pointed out the the thing they put on Twitter, Mark. I think that if you look at the away wins this season, they're, they're up kind of across the board in a lot of the leagues. So um, don't kind of... Basically, if Monaco are at home against Nantes, you get in around one to two in my eyes because they're away, they're not, uh, 17 to 20 and don't really make much of a difference. So I expect them to shorten up. I'd make them more of a um, eight to eleven shot. So uh, one point eight five or seventeen to twenty on Monaco will get chipped in. So I'm on that already. Good stuff. I think we should make it our theme of the podcast now to slag off Raymond Dominic every week. Um, <laughs> nice, nice gentle one there, Tom. Just calling him a clown. We can do better than that next week. Um, <laughs> we'll wrap it up there. Thanks, guys. Thanks for your contribution and thank you to the listeners uh, for giving giving us your time. As always, your social media support and sharing means a huge amount and makes the work that goes into researching and sharing the podcast all the more worthwhile. Um, obviously, hope you're all okay in lockdown. Our DMs are always open, as always. If you're feeling down, just want to talk football or betting. Uh, but uh, thanks again to the stars of the show, Tom Love. Cheers, mate. Best of luck this weekend, guys. And to you too, Will Dyer. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. Lovely stuff. This has been the Wheel of Betting Weekend Preview Podcast. Chat soon. <laughs>